I saw that going differently in my head. So did I, and I think so did the entire Inner Miami Nation. That one was tough. That was uh, that one hurt. That that dagger in uh, an added time, man. Oh, let's just uh, let's regroup. Let's stay positive because we got some uh, some issues and items to talk about. And of course, we have another game coming up here that we want to discuss a little bit as well. Yeah, we got to turn this around quick, really, really, really quick. Um, and yeah, last time we experienced a loss, Jay and I didn't get back on the mics for about three months. <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> We made a pledge to to not let that happen, but like always, well, that was they, due to COVID, not because we were quitting on the team. Okay, very true. I guess there's some uh, different circumstances, but welcome everybody to the Inner Miami Podcast. You are joined by myself, Alex Papa George, as well as Mr. Jay Kington. Good day. Good day. Man of few words, but man of many thoughts. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know half the thoughts that are popping in my head, buddy. But I did, uh, you know, want to shout out a new country, uh, our friends over in Mother Russia. I know there's, uh, you know, it can be heated political times between the U.S. and Russia, but uh, we don't care about any of that. I know Russia loves the sport, so we are uh, welcoming you with open arms. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate the love. Uh, as always, if you don't already, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Intermind Podcast. Uh, you can shoot us an email at Alex at intermindmepodcast.com. Uh, and check out the website, intermindmepodcast.com. Yes. Like Jay said, we made it really simple. Inner Miami Podcast, everywhere you can go, you cannot miss us. Tell your friends about us. Inner Miami Podcast, we saw another huge spike in listenership from across the world, so we really do appreciate it. Big shout out to the three people out there who gave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Really appreciate the support. If you do feel inclined, Jay and myself really do appreciate the love that you guys offer. Um, we obviously have some football to talk about, but if you haven't, we have some great content in previous shows, such as two interviews with our goalkeeper, Luis Robles, Jerome Kisavetter, Luis Argudo, Will Trapp, Ben Sweat, Dylan Nilas. Go check them out, as well as our supporters group series to go see if supporters groups is something you want to go ahead and check out. Jay and myself do support each one of the four very, very much. Yeah, indeed. Uh, this is very, very uh, important because I think, you know, it's almost weekly now we're seeing individuals in some sort of, uh, you know, Facebook group or inner Miami CF group who are, uh, you know, jumping on board and then asking about, you know, what's the deal with supporters group. So if you find yourself in uh, those waters or if you're in those shoes, however you want to put it, uh, go listen to those four different episodes we did with the leadership from each supporters group and find out which one or which ones you'd want to come swing by. I think the best way, I mean, it'll give you an idea, you know, listening to the supporters group series that we did, but the best way, and we've said it before, we are going to keep saying it is just go out there, go meet the guys, go meet the girls, go have fun. They are all good people. They're all throwing awesome events. You will not have a bad time any way you pick. Yes. Jay and I have been out to numerous events when we did have the chance. And although meetups are not happening in person, there are a couple supporters groups doing virtual meetups. So go ahead and do reach out to them. I know that they're still doing what they can. And, you know, it brings us some pretty big excitement to share here. Jay, I know that when we were talking before jumping on the mics here, uh, we were talking a little bit of negativity about the game, but something changed pretty quick. Yeah, so we have a huge, huge player rumor slash 
confirmation by one of our sources in our deep web of inner Miami uh, sources that we have. Um, this looks to be coming true very soon. We should get confirmation. Trust me, you're going to want to stay around for this. Uh, we will do it uh, as usual in our player rumors section, which is typically at the end of the show. If you're lucky and we're feeling um, you know, generous, we might bump it up a little earlier in the episode. In addition to that, uh, we are also going to have uh, later on in this show a joint podcast with The Free Kick, which is the Philadelphia Union's uh, one of their podcasts. So we're going to chop uh, chop it up about the upcoming game, uh, you know, where we saw some flaws in our team, where we can both see improvements and what we expect to see once we play each other, which again will be on Tuesday. Uh, they bumped this around. We're going to get into the kind of the restructuring of these teams, but our next game is at 1030 p.m. on Tuesday. Take PTO on Wednesday. It's going to be a late night. Yeah, just take PTO. It's fine. Uh, you know, we've all been working at home. So if actually you want to save that PTO and you're working at home, go ahead and do so. We support it on the pod. Make it work for you. That's the best way to do it. Um, but let's kind of just jump into it head first. Uh, some very relevant news, I would say, for the club as whole, especially uh, South Florida, but more specifically to our amigos in the Fort Lauderdale area. The USL is back and will be kicking off Inter Miami's first USL game. This is or not Inter Miami, sorry, Fort Lauderdale CF's <laughs> first game. This is going to be hard to keep these two separate. Uh, will be July 18th at 8. AM uh, and they will be playing the Greenville Triumph SC. So Greenville Triumph Soccer Club, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, July 18th. It'll be available on ESPN domestically. Yes, our ESPN Plus domestically and on YouTube internationally. Uh, this has probably got to be a little bitter to the diehard Inter Miami fans. Looks like our USL team will get their home opener before we will get our home opener. Um, and depending on how the game goes on Tuesday with Inter Miami and Philadelphia Union, there is a, a chance that Fort Lauderdale CF could be the first um, the first team in our organization to, to catch a W. So uh, exciting stuff to come. We'll definitely be checking that out. Well, Jay, I gotta say, looking at you here from across the table, let's really hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we have a huge game coming up in a few days, and to make that statement not true, we have to come out with a dub against Philadelphia Union. We need to, or we're going to look at rebranding potentially. <laughs> <laughs> we might. We we interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you the Fort Lauderdale CF podcast <laughs> yeah if you see a change in our title don't be alarmed just know that we pivoted it's totally fine <laughs> oh um, all jokes aside we're diehards we're not going anywhere to miami fans do not worry but jump out there watch it stream it yell about it cheer about it support it we need it we will be pulling people up uh throughout uh you know the years from this team so if you really want to see where we're growing our talent if you want to go to the farm and check it out check how we're blossoming this is the, the the number one place to look. Yeah, and Jay, you actually touched on a pretty funny point, is the fact that our USL team is going to play in our home stadium before yeah, Miami yeah, yeah, yeah. CF is. Now, Jay, now, now curious, because you, myself, and Max have a pretty awesome text string that we always talk about, and, and Max was actually the one who brought this up. How the hell can USL play in our home stadium and we got to go up to Orlando with the rest of MLS and play up there? Why can they pull it off and we can't? 
Uh, well, I would have to imagine it was something that would have to do with the, the commissioner of the USL, whoever that is. I honestly do not know at the top of my head. And I would imagine the, the CBAs they have with their players and excuse me, whatever structure they put in place. Uh, but, um, you know, regardless, it is a little salty for Inter-Miami fans, but you know what? It doesn't matter. Support it. We'll get our home opener. We're going to get our home wins. We're all going to have fun. Don't worry. Yes. And as Jay touched on, we are playing the Philadelphia Union on July 14th, which is Tuesday at 1030 Pacific. Or I'm sorry, Eastern Standard Time. It's a late one. The game was, what time was the game? God, imagine if it was 1030 Pacific Standard. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last one was 8, but it didn't start to like 825, 830. Um, we'll get into why. I mean, we support the reasons. But yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it's tough because everyone's been so hungry for soccer and there's been, you know, um, you know, everyone was expecting to kick off at eight, but understands why it was pushed back a little bit and totally makes sense. Yeah, obviously, you know, this wasn't ideal, but hey, you know, we have to be a little bit nimble and fluid with the situation. So on the 14th, we'll be playing the Philadelphia Union at 1030, someone who we actually have played before in the preseason game. So I know a few of the supporters came out to that game over in St. Pete. Jay and myself were there cheering on the team. So it will be a team that we have seen before, but obviously preseason and, you know, MLS tournament are dramatically different situations. Situations. But following our game on the 14th, our next match is on July 20th against NYCFC. Uh, they are one of the they are the, actually the remaining last team of the guaranteed games that we will we'll be playing. As most of you know, uh, FC Dallas and Nashville had to withdraw from the tournament due to COVID. And, you know, we are recording this podcast on Sunday, July 12th. And before jumping on the mics here, we actually got some recent news about Toronto and D.C. United. Yes, yeah, so actually, you know, I got up and, you know, woke up, did my morning routine, went to turn on the TV. I think it was like 9.04. So I was like, oh, you know, coming a little late, turned it on. And it was something like NASCAR related. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Um, but, it, yeah, so unfortunately... Uh, that game was also postponed, the Toronto versus D.C. United game. Toronto had one inconclusive test in their final round of testing before game day, and D.C. United has one positive test. Uh, D.C. United actually showed up to the to the pitch, and they were warming up, and um, you know they then left, and the coaches gathered the equipment. There's no date set for the rematch. It will... Uh, be determined upon the next round of testing for the players of each club. Yeah, that's where we are. And as we talked about in the beginning of the tournament, you know, we're going to have to be flexible in the games. Things are going to come up with COVID rather unexpectedly. Obviously, this thing has a mind of its own. So, you know, as you know, to the point that we are today on Sunday, I think we've done a pretty dang good job, obviously. A couple situations have gone wrong, but it seems like from most conversations Jay and I are having with people out there on site, it seems like people are feeling relatively safe in the situation. So um, I'm sure everybody wanted to tune in to one question that's one question only, and that was our poll question that we held on Tuesday. The question was, who will score our first goal back? A, Lewis Morgan, B, Pizarro, C, Carranza, and D, other. Gotta tell you, Jay, it was overwhelming Pizarro. And that, he didn't even get the start. I know. That makes sense. But the, so, And we'll get into this 
kind of, you know, more in the, in the game analysis of why I didn't get the start, but, uh, you know, everyone kind of expected that, but yeah, no, it was definitely, uh, other. And, uh, who, who was that man? Why don't you, why don't you tell everybody? Well, you're absolutely right. It was other. And we got our man Juan Swagadello. Juan Swagadello. I like it. I like it. Uh, you know, Hey, I'll tell you what's good news is we at least scored. So uh, again, we're going to get into this in more detail in just a couple seconds. One other major change that I wanted everyone to be aware of uh, due to FC Dallas and Nashville withdrawing. They have switched up the groups slightly. It impacts our group the most, Group A. Uh, they, again, it was Orlando, Miami, NYCFC, Philadelphia, uh, Chicago Fire, uh, as well as Nashville. So Nashville's out, um, and then FC Dallas was out. So they mixed it over. Chicago leaves Group A, rotates over to Group B. We will not be playing Chicago in the group stages. Uh, that was slated for our third game previously, I believe. Um, now, this also affects us because we're now we're just down to four teams in our group, and because we previously had six teams, the third place uh, team in Group A automatically made it to the knockoff rounds, knockout rounds rather. Now that we only have four, that no longer applies to us. So the top two will be given berths, and then we go back to the four best third place teams. So now, if we are in third place, and again, right now we are at the bottom of Group A. If we're in third place, that means we have to uh, have a better record or better goal difference than. Uh, the other groups to make it in, or at least more than two of the other groups. Yeah, to make it really quite simple, w w without at least a tie against Philadelphia Union, it's going to be damn near impossible to come back. Yeah, that is exactly right. Um, Philly beat NYCFC, so NYCFC is down to the bottom uh, with us with zero points. Uh, however, uh, needs to be noted that NYCFC did finish top of the East last year. So uh, they've had a rough start. They're 0-3 as well. That's a shocker. Uh, their fans are probably a lot more upset about that than we are because we're an expansion team. So we can fall back on that as an excuse. We're all, we know we have to grow and it's going to take time. They already were there and they've been struggling. So yes, we need at least a draw to be able to make it uh, into the automatic berths or to be able to compete for that. Uh, one of those uh, overall third place spots. It's going to be tough. We've got Philly, we've got NYCFC, both pretty damn good teams in the East, man. Yeah, and we're about to dive into our analysis of our game against Orlando City. But before we do, you're you're absolutely right. What we need to have happen is at least a tire win against Philadelphia Union. And like Jay said, you know, right now, Orlando City and Philadelphia, given their wins, are top of the leaderboard inside of our group. So, you know, that being said on a loss previously, it's not the end of the world. Obviously, it does count to our regular season uh, win-loss record, which does go a long way in this whole thing. But bottom line, we have to get out of here with a tie or a W in our last game. What we need to do is we need two wins, honestly. I know that's a tall order, but if we get two wins and we can get six points, then Orlando loses their second two games and they only have three points and they don't make it into the knockout rounds and we do, well, that would be poetic justice. That would be a revenge uh, that we are very happy with the manner it was served in. But let's just stay focused um, on getting, you know, really into this game. So, you know, we mentioned that the game is slated to kick off um, at 8 a.m., and, uh, you know, it, it didn't kick off for a bit longer. They had a little bit of pregame, then the players came out. And, um, yeah. 
Yeah, sorry. And then the the teams came out, uh, gathered around, you know, the midfield circle per usual. And then shortly after that, um, all of the uh, African-Americans on other team who were supporting the uh, the Black Lives Movement, uh, the MLS is black. Uh, they have their own you know organization, everything. Uh, they came out and surrounded those players and they all, uh, you know, raised their hands, took a knee. Um, in uh, what eight minutes forty seven seconds of silent as a tribute to George uh, George Floyd, uh, so you know pretty pretty awesome to see between the two teams. Um, it was very well received in the sports community. I think it says a lot about uh, you know the types of individuals and what they believe in, and and um, you know making sure they do the right thing and and be the best role models and make an impact. So you know pretty pretty awesome thing to see. Um, you know, it did delay the game a little longer. I know we all wanted it to start right away, but Hey, you know, we will take that and we respect that. Yeah. And I think that was honestly probably the purpose behind it. Um, we've all been starving, especially living in the United States for sports to come back and, you know, forgive me if I'm not considering NASCAR or golf up there in the world, but, uh, we were all really anxious to see football back on the pitch. And for that to happen, I think really kind of put the whole country on standstill and in a good way. So, um, I got to say, uh, definitely a great gesture and, you know, celebration and also a reminder to everybody out there. So, you know, the, the, the thoughts on the tournament so far, Jay and I actually watched the game from his place. And I got to say, I, the, the stadium looked great. The pitch looked beautiful. It was a little different not seeing fans in the stands and seemed like besides one little tweak on the camera because you couldn't really see the bottom of the screen in the first mm -hmm. few minutes i thought that the cameras were pretty appropriately put around the whole stadium yeah you know unfortunately we were the first game so we're kind of a guinea pig you know they're they're going to be making adjustments and everything the camera angle was definitely a little off you couldn't see probably the bottom fifth or maybe even fourth of the pitch at first but um you know, overall, you know, uh, the facility looks good. I mean, it looks like the place. I'm a little shocked that there's that there's not more games per day. You know, there are like one early morning game, one late night game. And I truly believe that's just a, a, a way to try and beat the heat, like the midday heat. Do it earlier, do it late. Good point. Um, but, you know, let's just kind of run through just quick updates. Um, so, you know, I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast if you're not already aware of the outcome of the Inter-Miami-Orlando game. But if not, uh, we lost two to one. Uh, again, the National and Chicago were supposed to play later that night. That was postponed. Nashville withdrew. Chicago was rearranged. Uh, day two, this is Thursday, July 9th. Uh, Philadelphia beat NYCFC uh, one to zero. Uh, the New England Revs beat the Montreal Impact 1-0. Uh, and then the Vancouver and Dallas game was postponed as well, which um, was due to 10 players testing positive on FC Dallas. So kind of sticky situation. Moving on to Friday, July 10th, Seattle took on San Jose. They ended up going with a 0-0 draw. Saturday, July 11th, the New York Red Bulls beat Atlanta United 1-0. And last night, and the later game, which uh, we were watching, Columbus uh, absolutely massacre, massacred Cincinnati 4-0, to zero, really making a statement for them as being one of the more complete teams and a serious contender to make the run to, to win this tournament. Uh, then we get into today where uh, Toronto and D.C. were postponed. Again, no date set for that. Later on today, we do have Kansas City and Minnesota at 8 p.m., which is going to be an absolute banger of a game. Those two teams are solid. That'll be awesome to watch. Late night game at 1030 is going to be Salt Lake uh, taking on Colorado. And then finishing out the first round of the group stages will be tomorrow, Monday, July 13th. LAFC taking on the Houston Dynamo. That's at 8 p.m. 
with the nightcap game at 10.30 between LA Galaxy and Portland. I'm sure that one will be interested. That will conclude, and then we'll have our next game on Tuesday against the Philly Union. Hope that brought everyone up to speed. And uh, next week, we'll be sure to go into a little more breakdown of the current group uh, standings after, you know, two games played. Yeah, two games will be a better description than one. Appreciate that, Jay, bringing us up to speed on the MLS's back as tournament. You're right, we caught a few of the games together. One glaring kind of difference that I've seen is actually the scoring in the games have gotten better as the tournament has progressed. And that may be a sign of conditioning, a sign of getting used to the weather, a sign of just maybe even better teams playing later on in the season or later on in the tournament. But it does seem like some good football is being played out there. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, I mean, like Columbus held it down, right? Mm-hmm. And I think up to that point, even the announcer were talking about like there, there has not been any like golazos in the tournament. Um, of course, they ripped a beautiful one off a free kick and uh, Jossie's artist played his heart out. Um, so, you know, it, it's definitely picking up. But, you know, there were a couple teams that, uh, you know, drew it out or, you know, one by one goal or something like that. So no one's, you know, coming out there outside of Columbus and putting up more than two goals. Um, but, you know, again, we talked about this on the last episode after watching EPL, Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, all restart. The rust is real. It's nothing to take lightly. Um, you know, I think you saw a major setback, right? What I'm looking for in our next game is, is going to be very similar to the growth we saw between LAFC to DC United, mm-hmm. where we're a new team trying to figure out what's going on. And then DC United, we played a lot better. So I'm hoping to see that kind of transition from game one to game two. But the rust was definitely real. And just getting back on the, the pitch with everyone was, uh, you know, a little, little tough to jumpstart. It was, and we're going to get into our analysis in a second here. Just one last thing that I found curious, Jay, is that through the first couple days of the tournament, including our match last week, there was no crowd noise getting pumped in, the artificial crowd noise that you hear over in European soccer that is coming to be more relevant around the world. But we actually decided to opt out of crowd noise so that people could actually hear what the players and the coaches were saying on the actual pitch, which was a fascinating difference than, you know, what we're used to watching as viewers, you know, on the television. Now, what's kind of curious about this is that actually yesterday, so that Saturday, um, during the Cincinnati and Columbus game, as well as Atlanta and the Red Bulls, they actually pumped some artificial noise into the broadcast. I found that interesting. Well, uh, it's kind of a love it or hate it thing. I know a lot of people, you know, like hearing it because it makes it feel more quote unquote normal. Um, some people do not like it. I know some people enjoy hearing, you know, the players communicate, the coaches communicating all that. Plus they had like what, four or six mics in the actual pitch as well. Um, so, you know, a lot of times even with the crowd noise added, you can still hear the players pretty clear, just not as clear if there is none. Um, we'll see how that develops, but something notably to take into consideration for the teams that are pumping crowd noise, they're pumping that team's crowd noise into it, right? So, like, especially in the EPL, uh, you watch, you know, some of the the, the the clubs play. So you watch, you know, like a Tottenham or a Chelsea or Man U or Arsenal where, uh, or here's a great one, a Liverpool, where you know their chance, right? And then you can hear the chance as it's playing. It makes it feel like you're, you're like it's just a regular season game and none of this exists. The problem is we've never played a home game. We've never had all of our fans in the stadium making noise, singing our songs, yelling when we score, booing when we're not, you know, getting, you know, a a penalty call for us or something like that. So um, it'll be interesting 
when we do play our second game, how that's going to play out. And are they using just generic noise? Are they going to use some of like, you know, Philadelphia Union's noise to where they're cheering for them? So who knows? But, you know, uh, sooner than later, and unless, you know, worst case, um, you know, we got to get Fort Lauderdale LCF's uh, stadium noise. Um, you know, we should have some crowd noise once we get our regular season resumed. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. Fascinating kind of, I guess, wrinkle in the whole thing. I know from the start we were talking about not having any fan noise. So something to keep track of. Not a big deal one way or the other um, at all, I would imagine. So this brings us to our analysis of the first time we've played Orlando City in the Copa del Sol as the inner Miami fans have deemed it. Um, fortunately we came out with an L came out with an L we are O and three as a club right now. We lost one to two on a heartbreaker. Yeah, it was a heartbreaker, uh, in the 98th minute of, of stoppage time, um, due to an Andres Reyes injury. We had 10 minutes of stoppage time. Uh, we did mix things up. Um, you know, I kind of turned to you and, and voiced a little bit of concern with the, with the starting lineup. Uh, most, you know, notable, there was no Pizarro right away. He was knocked in, um, in warmups. And so he was not a starter. He came on later, uh, after the Reyes injury, but we felt that as a team. So we came out actually in a three, four, three, but more of like a three, four, uh, two, one, honestly, we went three on the back line, uh, with sweat on the left, Reyes holding it down in, in, in central and then Fogal uh, on the right side. Um, they kind of adjusted for this. They actually moved Dylan Nealis into, uh, more of the midfield, kind of a CDM style role. And then uh, he was on the right side in front of Fagal. And on the left side uh, was Ambrose. Uh, Trap and Uyoya played a little bit um, higher than they previously had uh, in more of a kind of central midfield position. And then we had Pellegrini uh, as a left kind of, you know, winger in the attack, Morgan on the right with uh, Juan Agudelo as our center forward. Um, and this was interesting to see because they did rotate this. Um, around a bit kind of due to the Reyes injury and just making game adjustments. And we played better, um, you know, once we made these adjustments. But the uh, the really interesting part here, uh, and we're going to probably talk a little bit more detail about this, is that we we didn't look really bad holding it down with just three on the back line. I mean, I know we had some support in the midfield, but, um, you know, that was very interesting to see is, is not going four, but going three. Uh, could be due to, to maybe Torres being out or something like that, but uh, interesting kind of kind of switch on it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I appreciate that overview of who the starting 11 was for us. And I think that really early on in your overview, you touched on kind of something that took, I'm sure, everybody by surprise. I, I hadn't seen any any news or any rumors about a Pizarro injury. I think that we were fully um, waiting and expecting for him to be in the starting lineup. And then when the news dropped that he wasn't, I think we were a little bit confused. Obviously, it came out that it sounded like he got dinged up a couple days before the match was getting going. So didn't seem like anything serious as as we know he did enter the game. Um, I believe it was in the second half. So it was a little bit peculiar of a start for us. Um, I know my certain take on the Pizarro situation was that, you know, hey, listen, if we're not going to start him and go take it to our rival, probably best to not even play him at all. Um, I thought that the whole aspect of not having Pizarro in the beginning of the game really showed evidence as we really couldn't move the ball up and down the pitch to save a lick. Yeah, the first half was very, very tough to watch. In addition to the rust, we were um, we were just playing very static uh, football. There wasn't a lot of chance creation, wasn't supporting runs, overlapping runs, trying to find space. It seemed like 
whoever had the ball was trying to pass to the rest of the team who were just standing still, really. Um, it, there's a very rigid style um, of football, one that would not lead to success really for any team. You know, again, we expected that that um, that rust, but, you know, we need to become more fluid, more um, flowing, you know, be able to move the ball around with more confidence. So that was something that definitely stuck out. Yeah, and I know when we were watching the game, we both looked at each other and we were just screaming at the TV saying, just move. We, we are yeah. not moving without the ball, and it was so evident. And it was surprising to see a Diego Alonso team show up like that, to be honest. Yeah, it it, uh, it was. I mean, I know he was not thrilled about it at all. Um, again, it was a pretty new lineup, uh, you know, like as far as – um, players that we haven't really seen start, you know, like, a, you know, Ambrose um, and then Nilas, you know, getting more action in there, but, you know, completely different. Trap and Yoyo weren't the two CDMs. They were, you know, more uh, pushed up into the midfield. So, you know, we're still trying to figure out what playing style works the best for us and, and whatnot. But again, you know, the, with three at the back, it seemed to work out. Once Reyes got injured, um, they then pulled um, Nilas back down. And, and, you know, brought back more back of the traditional kind of four in the back line. Um, and I believe it was um, Mickey Ambrose or Mikey Ambrose, rather, that, that fell back to support as well. So, you know, had to make that adjustment. But I, we got to figure this out quick. You know, we, we're here. Um, and if we don't get this figured out, we're just going to keep, you know, letting games, you know, slip by us. And this was very similar to the D.C. United game, you know, where you go up and then you, you, you just lose you know, your control of the game in the, in the second half. And, um, yeah, it's tough to see again, man. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. I mean, even kind of reflective on the, the, the Dallas game was, you know, even the handball on Ben sweat, you know, some people thought that that could have turned into a goal possibly. So it could have, he's lucky he didn't catch a red. Yeah. Um, that is a hundred percent a card. Um, he was trying to make the case that he was being pulled from behind. I, I couldn't really see it on the replay, but still being pulled. Like you, you literally just went out and like, punch the ball like you're playing you know you know volleyball you can't do that uh unless you um have you know a very bright colorful jersey on and have gloves that would make you a goalkeeper you can't use your hands guys um but yeah so again kind of just trying to get back up to game speed i guess is what we can chalk that up to yeah listen if this wasn't against our rival i don't know how much we would have really read into it as far as we are but the reality is, is that we wanted to go and kick their ass and you know, we didn't. We came out with a loss, although it was in the last few minutes. Uh, you know, Nani just happened to have the ball just gracefully fall with his feet, and he just happened to bang it in. But Yeah, it came off and hit Nico's leg and then just fell perfectly to him. And, look, I'm not taking anything away from Nani. He has had an amazing career, an amazing pedigree. He won so much hardware with Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. He's a world-class player. Um, he's played Euros, World Cups, Champions Leagues. I mean, you name it. He's done it all. Was this a brilliant chance creation by him? No. Was he there at the right time? Yes. It fell to his feet, and he's 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 an established player. That's an easy goal for him. It's a painful one for us to watch, though. It really was. And, I, you know, we were pissed off sitting there thinking that this was going to be a draw. Yeah. And then here and this gift to Nani happened. And I, now you know, we're even more pissed off. Yeah, Jay almost threw his shoe through the TV, I swear to God. But – um, it was an interesting, uh, you know, we looked at each other before the match and even looking at, you know, Orlando City's starting 11. We've been looking at it for about for a week now. And, you know, the Nani Mueller and Dom Dwyer tandem is, is not that bad. And unfortunately, I think today or in our last game, we really missed people like Roman Torres, yeah. who potentially could have had an impact on a game like today. That is true. Well, here's the good news. Um 
Ramon will be back for next game. Reyes looks to be back for next game. So you got to tangle up with Dom Dwyer in the midfield. Dom, um, Dom's a physical go go after guy, right? But he kind of elbowed him right in the uh, right in the Adam's apple, right in the throat. So Reyes goes down. Took like I don't know seven minutes to get him off the pitch, um, which is a whole other story we can get into. Is how slow and delayed that response was to get you know the the, the medical cart and everything out uh, on the pitch. But it's embarrassing. But we should be back to uh, to full power on our back line. Um, things really changed after halftime Diego Alonso made his adjustment the 3-4-2-1 switched into more of like a 3-5-2 during the attacks um, he was having Pellegrini push up uh, more into the attack Uyoya was pushing up into you know kind of the high midfield spot uh, both Pellegrini and Yoyo were basically given you know the 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 keys to free roam around and it really started to open up the game for him uh, some chance creation happened uh, Pellegrini got a ball short pass to Uyoya who made a beautiful low cross Across the face of the goal to Mr. Juan Agudelo, who finished it with his left foot, put that one away. He missed a eerily similar one a little bit earlier in the game. Um, and then he even ripped one from midfield, trying to uh, caught the goalkeeper off his line. Um, had the right distance and right speed to be a goal. Unfortunately, he was about 45 degrees off to the right, and it just sliced and sailed. But um, they said this is really kind of like his last opportunity to prove himself as a starting, you know, MLS player. And, um, you know, a few mistakes, but came out, I think, played well. And, again, that's that's where our needs are. You know, it wasn't until, you know, Carranza came on, like, the 73rd minute till we were able to see him. Um, but, again, still growing. So, it was good just to be able to score a goal. We, again, we were looking at each other pissed off that, man, we're going to draw this out. And then we're, the dagger is even driven deeper. Um, at the end of it, but we'll see how we recoup next game. We'll see how our back line lines up as well with Roman Torres back. Yeah, and I know Jay put a little cliffhanger out there in the beginning of the podcast, but we do have some potential rumors that may change everything for us. So again, do stay on the pod till a little bit later, but you're absolutely right. And Jay's looking at me wanting to say something. Yes. And I forgot to mention this as well. So uh, with the Reyes injury, um, they did take him to the hospital because he was taken to the hospital. He's out of the quote unquote MLS bubble. So now uh, he is doing um, self-isolation. He's expect he's expected to be ready for the next game against Philadelphia Union. But again, since he left the double the bubble, he's going to do self-isolation in the hotel pending the COVID-19 test. He's going to be taking tests probably day after day after day before he can return to his teammates. But all signs are pouring, pointing to a healthy return. Yeah, we don't have instant COVID tests yet. He was taken to the hospital, obviously, after suffering the injury. It sounds like I'm sure while he was at the hospital, they obviously, like Jay said, had to break the bubble. Now test him for COVID, get the results back in a few days, see if he's positive or negative. Obviously, fingers crossed that he is negative, so he would be able to potentially rejoin the team before our game against the Philadelphia Union. And yeah, I think we both uh, feel like, uh, you know, doctors and hospitals are probably very professional and sterile about, you know, their PPE and making sure they're not going to contaminate anyone with, with, with Corona. So I feel pretty safe that, you know, he went to the hospital and not like out to a nightclub, you know? Yeah. And of, of course this is a major professional tournament too, and injuries are going to happen. So I'd hope someone in the situation room has figured out that, you know, Hey, people are going to have to probably get rushed to the hospital. So, you know, as Jay said, you know, Swagadello did play well in the role that he was. Would I say that that's his ideal role? You know, probably not. You know, he's someone who's you know, not early entering his prime. He's been in the league for quite some time. He's played a lot of professional football. And 
to me, honestly, he's someone that you roll off the bench in kind of the mid-50, late-60 minute range and to go in there and put a little bit of a goal in the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, it honestly could even be, you know, like a later substitution like that. But I think once we have our established attack, like, yeah, he will be, be coming off the, uh, the bench. And, um, you know, one other thing that uh, kind of upset us is we had the same referee as the D.C. United game. His name is Rubio Vasquez. He's from Hialeah. You think he would love anything South Florida related, but it seems like he hates Inter Miami. Robles, Luis Robles, was very critical on Rubio Vasquez, saying that he let too many early fouls go unchecked, which he thinks allowed to Dom's kind of uh, bull in a China shop uh, playing style to uh, to back in and, and ultimately elbow uh, Reyes. But yeah, there were a lot of calls. Um, Argudo went down in the box and it looked like a decent hip check. Uh, he hopped up right away, but no foul was called. Uh, Pizarro was trying to get one that I, I see how that wasn't called, but there was definitely some, some, you know, some checking going on that I thought would be fouls and then he didn't call them. And then we would turn and check a Orlando player. Then we're getting fouls called on us. So I don't know what this dude's deal is, but it seems like in the two games he's, uh, he's been the ref for us. Things don't go our, our way at all. Yeah, it, it definitely, I mean, listen, uh, you know, our captain Luis Robles wouldn't talk to the media unless if he thought it was serious. Yeah. He seems he's, I mean, it doesn't seem he is a pretty even keel guy. Um, and for have him voice something out to the public says something. Now, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and say that the reason why we lost this game was because of officiating, but I am going to go ahead and say that I think MLS has to take a serious look to see if this guy is someone who should be refereeing one of our games here in the next um, upcoming future. So, you know, we'll go ahead and see how the whole team, you know, unfolds. But as I said, kind of when the whole roster review is that Pizarro, you know, getting out of our lineup, I think kind of threw a curveball with our whole situation and what we were planning for. And I think what is going under the radar even more is the fact that Robbie Robinson stepped out of the bubble too to handle some personal situation or concerns. And obviously, you know, our thoughts and prayers, whatever that may be, is out with Robbie. But Losing Robbie, I think Robbie was going to get the start, especially if Julian was not going to get the nod and they were going to put uh, Juan Agudelo in the front. Yeah, uh, definitely makes an impact because he played the first two games for us. Uh, Pizarro not being there, um, although Pizarro is a goal threat, you know, with our first official goal and our first goal of preseason, he's also, um, and this is a great part about him because he's a midfielder. So you really look for more of that facilitation and being a facilitator in the midfield, which he is, but he is also a great attacker. So kind of not having him, uh, to, you know, dish the ball out in midfield and, and create everything and, and have a big, you know, say in how the game is played was, uh, was tough. What did you think of Pizarro's performance when he was out there? Uh, well, I mean, he was on the ground a lot. So, I mean, he's like the most fouled player, I think, of, they said of, of like one of the games. Yeah. Um, we, we definitely improved. Uh, once, you know, Reyes went out was when they pulled Dylan, Dylan Nealis back to the line and then they brought in Pizarro uh, in place of him. Um, and then Pizarro played even better once they brought on Lee Wynn, which I think we're going to need to see more Lee Wynn. I would be open to him even starting. Uh, he was the first assist to Pizarro's first preseason goal. They seem to play very well together. I would love uh, to see them play. Uh, we also want to see more Carranza, right? We, we came in on the 73rd minute. We need him to get his playing time. We need him to get back up to game fitness. We need him to continue to adapt and uh, you know, grow within the MLS and, and really learn, you know, the style that he has to play here. 
Um, you know, outside of the attack, uh, I liked seeing the ambition from Agudelo. Like the the midfield rip was, you know, I like that you're an attacker, but you know, you, you did slice it pretty uh, pretty rough. Um, but you know, then kind of diving back into the midfield, I'll tell you who looked a lot better. And we'll, I mean, guess midfield kind of played in the attack this game too, but uh, Mateus Pellegrini looked a lot better. Um, I think he's really starting to settle down and, and acclimate to the MLS. Um, it seems like he was really involved with a lot of the chance creation, and that's someone that we needed to see step up. Yeah, we talked about him on the last episode as potentially being an impact player, and regardless if he had a, a standout game or not, I think we can all agree that he did have a pretty solid game, and it was in the right direction. I thought it was the best game he's played on the team thus far this season. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, also, what was you know interesting and, and fun about this game is we finally got to see Mikey Ambrose and and, and then later we saw you know Jay Chapman. So yeah, was Jay Chapman almost hit the game winner at the time? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he thought it was in. He thought it was in. It was it was it was a headed ball that went just over the bar and uh, and then hit the top netting. So it, it kind of if you like glanced real quick, it looked like it, it did hit the netting to, and went in, but. Um, you know, it was interesting to kind of see some of these players we haven't really got to experience yet as Alonzo's trying to figure out, you know, who are the best players to start and then who are the best players to sub in given the, the, the game script or given, you know, how things are playing out to make those uh, those adjustments. We're still working on building our chemistry and identity. That is very clear when watching us. The potential is there. Um, again, we played very rigid football. We need to focus on playing, you know, even in, in the moments when we were fluid, uh, it still was a rigid fluid and we really need to find, you know, more of that flow, more of that, you know, they call it the beautiful game. We need that, just that confidence and passing that possession play, the ability to know, you know, when, when you're receiving the ball, where your teammates are, who's going to be making what runs to allow for, we've been saying this word a lot, this podcast, but it's appropriate. We, we need to up the fluidity of our play. And I hate that word too. That's probably my most hated word. And it, seems so damn right right now i know but, but you know one thing jay as i was thinking back on this game i'm curious to get your opinion on is is that clearly Pizarro's the most talented player we have on the team he's by far the most paid player we have on this team until this next dp slot that hopefully is filled pretty soon comes on board but my thought is jay is that when Pizarro gets into the game what I saw was a little bit more of a kind of do-it-myself type of mentality versus being the Michael Jordan or, you know, the Steve Nash out there that's facilitating around the entire pitch, getting people involved. You know, we have Lewis Morgan on the side. We had Pellegrini moving around, playing pretty much autonomously throughout whatever he was looking to do. We had a lot of opportunities, and I would like to see him play more of a facilitator role instead of just, hey, go out and try and put the ball in the back of the net. I think that that type of mentality going in the game – may serve us some good because we do need some help bringing these players up to the level of competition that we're playing. Yeah. I mean, I think I just mentioned this like 10 minutes ago. Like I, I, he is a facilitator and he does possess that ability. I think when you come in to a game, you know, midway through the second, the second half and you're looking to get a win, I think, yeah, he, he was like, I gotta, I gotta put this on my shoulders and do it. And that um, was tough. That was a tough position to put him in. And it is my, that it is a tough position. You're right. To my earlier point, it was kind of like, listen, if 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 he's out on injury, we made that decision to not start him against our rival in a huge game that we need to go out and get a W with the entire country paying attention to. Then I don't understand why you play him at all. It kind of threw off the entire rhythm of the team, in my opinion. I mean, look, you're gonna play your best players. 
you know, when you're coming in trying to get the, 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 the first win of your season, the first win against your rival, uh, you know, I, I think you got to play your best players, um, you know, with Reyes going down and, you know, they had to make some adjustments and, um, you know, they had to pull Nilas out of midfield. So they needed to add some, something, someone strong in midfield and they brought him in. Um, you know, I think the game goes differently if he starts in the very beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. I think he takes more of that facilitator role on versus coming in late in the second half and then having to, to try and make an impact to secure the win and ultimately, you know, wasn't able to do that. Regardless of the matter, I thought that it really somewhat confused the whole strategy and the tactics of the game on a coaching standpoint. But regardless, um, you know, we did have one player that went out He'll be back with the team. Really surprising when when he went down with an injury, and of course we're talking about Andreas Reyes, is, is that we had momentum on our team, and it felt like once that seven-minute stoppage happened, all the momentum switched back to Orlando City. Yeah, you know, uh, again, Luis Robles was very critical on, on the ref Vasquez. Um, and even he said this was the point that really – changed the whole game for us you know we had the goal uh we were playing very well with three at the back um once he went out they went to four at the back and then guess what two goals were scored on us right and one by you know the guy i said we need to watch out for is chris mueller um but you know as you even noted that this was he just out hustled us man you know this wasn't even like it was a a, a, a beautiful goal yeah it really was you know it wasn't like he was wide open or anything i mean he, he had to, to make that work for him um so here's the thing man like are we going to have three? Are we going to just go with three at the back? I pref- I personally just – I prefer four. Um, but when we went from three to four, they scored two goals. So maybe three works out better for us, and that will free up another you know center defensive mid or midfield option that will help us move the ball more effectively. I, you know, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, whatever works best for us, that's what I'm looking for. Whatever's going to give us the best result is, is what we want, man. So it's it's – these tweaks are going to keep coming. You know, there's going to be different formations. There's going to be different um, starting squads, different substitutions. We still, I think, you know, as, as we want to stay as positive as possible, but we still have quite a way to grow. Yes, we do. And I'm going to go ahead and correct what I've been saying for the last four months from the best 0-2 team in the league to now we're the best 0-3 team in the league, Jay. And I fully believe that. Um, you know what? I'm going to have to say no, <laughs> just because NYCFC is now 0-3 and from a historical standpoint and a record standpoint, it would indicate they would be the better team. Well, but I guess we'll find out. We, we can always 20th. be the best 0-4 team. <laughs> well, you know, I guess we'll find out on the 20th when we do play them. So we will see how that goes. Um, you know, I think regardless of our opinion, I think just seeing the team out there, I think that it just showed evidence of the importance of LGP and Breck Shea when they Breck Shea is obviously with the team now, probably getting his grasp around tactics and formations of players, etc. Probably see him in this tournament at some point, but LGP, as we touched on, will not be on the team. He is not in Orlando due to the transfer window limitations. But when he does get on the team, I think that he's gonna come in immediately and have an impact. I agree. And, you know, I look forward to the day we've got, you know, Ben Sweat, uh, Andre Reyes, uh, you know, Nico Fagal. You've got, uh, who am I leaving out here? Uh, and Ramon Torres. There we go. Uh, or LGP. I like, all, that's a lot of, of, of experience and outside of Reyes, who's just a stud. But the rest have, have leadership and experience. And here's the thing is, is towards the end of that game, Orlando was just flooding the box with numbers and flustering our back line. 
Um, and that's kind of, you know, how their goals started to develop. So uh, once we have more experience in there, I think we're all really excited to see uh, LGP come on board. Um, look, man, we've said it almost every episode. We do have a great back line. We just got to figure out, we got to figure it out who's starting and we're going three or four and they got to learn to play together. Um, but you know, there's a lot of potential. I think Breck Shea will come in and be able to make an impact in the midfield and the defense, or even on, you know, up in the wing, if maybe, you know, game script calls for that or, or someone gets injured. Yeah. But the good news is that our luck may turn immediately. Our luck may turn soon. I, I don't want to say immediately. <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, soon. Is there anything else? Before we jump into this, that you would like to say about the first game of the MLS back is tournament. Not really, man. Not really. I, I, not not at all, man. We're, this news is huge. It came across only the Inner Miami podcast, as Jay said, from the depths of the depths of the contacts of the Inner Miami podcast that you're only going to hear on the Inner Miami podcast. So. From a source who also has a source in the sports industry, in the entertainment industry, it has been, I believe, referred to as a quote unquote done deal. Done deal. For what seems to be potentially, I'm trying to protect us in case something goes wrong. But this source is very reputable um, and has not failed before. So uh, we'll just kind of get into it. It is, quote, unquote, a done deal for Inter Miami to acquire Mr. Edison Cavani from PSG, who has put up a humble 200 goals over seven seasons with PSG. This is someone we've been tracking since the beginning, someone I've always would love to see. He is a true goal poacher. He would be someone we can count on in the attack. Edison Cavani. This just broke to us yesterday. Yeah. Afternoonish, I want to say. I have not been able to find confirmation from any other media outlets. We do appreciate our sources. We respect our sources and we will keep them anonymous. But again, very reputable. And it looks like once all is said and done, sooner than later, Cavani's going to be rocking that Rosa Negra, man. Hey, listen, you heard it here from the Inner Miami podcast. This is why you join us week in and week out. Now, obviously, this source is incredibly close to us. He has not been wrong with a single thing that he has told us ever, ever, ever. But this is free knowledge, so chances are that... It's a big deal, man. It's a big deal, man. Uh, oh, I, I, I hope this is right. I'm going to relinquish any concerns. I'm going to trust our sources. Jake and, and I, Jay and I were licking our wounds yesterday, just, just, just shooting the shit until we got this text, man. And it just totally changed everything. I around. put a big, big smile on my face. I turned to my buddy I was with and I was like, holy crap, man. Look who we're looking to get. There is one other player rumor I do want to mention. It's kind of been more recently reported but i kind of want to give the backstory to this and, and this one's around arturo vidal so it looks to be uh you know leaving barcelona um david beckham's actually spoke with arturo uh, on the phone about potentially coming to inter miami in the future um, however arturo is still under contract until summer 2021 um but he's not rolling out coming to miami the other one he wants to go play 
Uh, and this is kind of strange because when I mean, you're looking at MLS team and then also, you know, a, a Brazilian team in Flamenco, but he's got a, one of his friends, uh, Rafinha, uh, who he played with at Bayern, uh, currently plays for Flamenco in Brazil. Uh, so those look to be his two choices. And it looks like he's wanting to move closer to home uh, to uh, South America, uh, Chile. Um, and, um, hey, we'll take him in, in another year or two if we can. But, uh, man, I'll tell you what, you cannot be happier with some Edison Cavani, he could absolutely shred apart the MLS. Say what you want. He's 33, probably has another three or four high-quality years in him, especially in the MLS. You could come here and shred it, sir. I hope I'm not backtracking, but welcome to Miami, Edison. <laughs> wow. Can we imagine Pizarro and Cavani on offense, Jay? be amazing Holy it shit, would really man. be amazing that's someone you have confidence as you put the ball up there they're gonna find a way to to put some magic on it turn shoot they're not gonna be afraid to shoot which is um you know something that's important to, i don't think um you know necessarily juan or carranza or robbie robinson are scared of shooting i think uh, especially for robbie he's just trying to come up in the professional soccer world and make those adjustments and i mean you can even say the same thing about carranza he's very young and mls is a change agudel has played here quite a bit but uh make no mistake if you put the ball at edison gavani's feet he's more than likely gonna be willing to take a shot uh yeah he jumps automatically to a top three top five player in the mls and uh, he i would probably put him at i mean unless there's some major setback he could definitely be a, a top three for sure yeah. oh absolutely no he, he's there talking about the best of the best and automatically once you bring him onto the pitch and you're starting 11 you already got mind control of the other team yeah i mean you're gonna you're gonna make our own locker room starstruck when when you walk in you know i mean this is a this is a, a big deal, man. Again, I mean, he's been with with PSG, Paris Saint Germain. This is this is in Paris. This is in another big city. So, Paris to Miami. I mean, come on, those are great cities. I think people want to live in them both. But two hundred goals and a hundred thirty, or sorry, two hundred appearances rather, and a hundred thirty eight goals for them. Um, I mean, this dude, uh, he's a monster. He plays with the Uruguayan national team. One hundred sixteen appearances for the the, the senior team and the fifty goals. I mean, this dude is a goal scorer, a true number nine. He's not a small guy, six feet. That's tall for a for a soccer player. He's only thirty three. Uh, tall for anyone. <laughs> not me, buddy. Maybe you. Um, six one. But uh, I'll tell you what. This is great news. Um, thank you so much to our sources who shared that with us. We are very pleased to bring you that news. Um, but we don't want to go any more uh, deeper on that topic. I, I we don't will, know if we can. Go we will deeper. give you the official official confirmation. Uh, once we receive it, or you just may see it reported by ESPN or something like that prior. Um, but that's really, you know, all the, the news we have. Um, yeah, listen, you know, you may, it's free news, probably worthless. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're not charging you. We're just asking for, you know, your support. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we do have a game coming up here on Tuesday against Philadelphia. You know, we're not going to, uh, double time you with info now because, Right now, we're about to jump into a little Philadelphia Union Inner Miami preview with the free kick, which is uh, the Philadelphia Union's podcast. So this will be fun. Uh, please stay tuned. Uh, we are going to be joined by Todd, the host, and uh, we look forward to this. So uh, without any further ado, let's just jump right into this. 
Hello and welcome to the Free Kick Podcast. My name is Todd. Well, after after a impressive one nil victory for the Union against NYCFC, they go again this Tuesday night at ten thirty p.m. on Tudin. So, like I've been saying in the past, you know, if you don't have that, just go on Twitter, watch the game there. I know it's not the most enjoyable thing, but you know, it's there. And uh, joining me today, though, to preview the Union vs. Inter Miami game is Mr. Jay Kington of Inter Miami Podcast. How are you doing today, Jay? I'm doing well, Todd. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, and I do want to tell you that is a pretty kick-ass intro you have there, man. I like that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, shout out to uh, my good friend Brad for putting that all together. So, you know, Brad, I'll, whenever people bring that up, you know, I'll always give you a shout out for that. So, uh, again, Well done, Brad. Always... <laughs> I might, might use you down the road for one of ours. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but anyway, like, uh, I've been, how many people? I think you're the fourth uh, fan that I brought on the show and everything that uh, I previewed the game with the upcoming union game and everything. So the first thing I ask people when they come onto the podcast is uh, how did their podcast come about? So Jay, uh, how'd you come up with the idea to start into Miami, the podcast? Yeah. So this, uh, this is a kind of interesting story, I guess. I, I fell in love with, with kind of world soccer back around 2006. And then I, I started following it uh, pretty religiously. So I've always been uh, really entertained by it. But unfortunately, you know, the MLS at that time definitely wasn't the size it is now um, in soccer or football, whatever you want to call it, wasn't as big um, in, in America as it is now. And it still has a lot of, of room to grow. Right. Um, so I've never been able to be in a city that had an actual football team for me to go out and watch and support. Now, I live down here in South Florida, so I've been, you know, to, in, in the Miami Fort Lauderdale area. So I've been to the Sun Life Stadium where the Miami Dolphins play, and I've seen international games. I've seen uh, Guinness Champions Cup matches between like Man U and uh, in Liverpool, um, and then you know a handful of national uh, teams as well. But never been able to have a team. And I was originally from Louisville, Kentucky, um, and of course, shortly after I left there, uh, they brought in Louisville City. It was like a couple months after I left, so I was like, damn, I just missed that one. And then uh, I've been down here in, in South Florida since about 2013. And, um, you know, then the rumors started happening about David Beckham bringing an expansion team here. And, um, you know, fast forward seven years down the line, at least of, of me being here, um, things started to come to fruition. But there wasn't really a source to get information about the team. Nobody was covering it. Um, and so I just kind of popped in my mind that like, hey, this is something I'm interested in. We have season tickets. Um, I want to create some sort of platform for anyone that's interested to be able to come in and listen and, and kind of uh, see this thing grow from really nothing to, uh, to you know, our, our, our now we're an established, uh, well, I don't know about established, but now we're an official uh, MLS team with a couple uh, regular season games under our belt now. Um, and so I, I work with one of my, my good friends. And I was like, hey, man, I've got this idea. I was thinking about maybe starting a podcast because I talked about potentially starting a podcast in the past just around other ideas. And I was like, I want to just share some news and, and kind of cover the, this new team. Uh, and he was like, hey, man, like I'm, I'm game. I'm on board. It's a good friend of mine. We can just talk and, you know, kind of shoot the crap whenever and laugh and have fun. So I feel, felt like he'd be a great um, addition you know, to, to the, the, the podcast to, to, you know, make it a little bit more fun than just dull news. And uh, so that's how it started. And we started in about, oh, like August or September of last year. Uh, and we've been doing episodes basically weekly, interviewing uh, tons of the players, uh, supporters groups, and just trying to grow uh, the fan base. Our, our main goal is to um, make a, a, a platform where anyone can listen, whether you're a diehard soccer hooligan 
who, whether you love European soccer, whether you love the MLS, or whether you don't know anything about soccer and are just looking to get involved or, or get on board with the new team, we wanted to make it for everybody. And so that's kind of the, the, the content we try to deliver is just something anyone can listen to and hopefully everyone can enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say when I uh, was looking up into Miami podcast and everything, I saw that you guys around September and everything, like you guys aren't that old and everything. I'm like, you guys are fairly new and everything. And I, I told you an email, I like messaged you guys on Instagram and I was like, oh wait, they haven't posted until since like May or something. So I was like, wait, let me go find their email address and then got in contact with mm-hmm. you. But the funny thing is, so when I found your podcast, I saw you guys did a interview with the, uh, I forget his name, somebody in the uh, supporters club and everything. And so I remember when they made that Twitter account mm, a couple months ago, whatever, they followed me and everything. So I was about to message them and be like, hey, Jay and Alex. But then I realized, oh, wait, you interviewed somebody and that's not your actual page and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I didn't make that foolish mistake. And, you know, I did. Well, they would have they would have pointed you in the in the right direction. We're uh, we're close with, with all four of the supporters groups down here. So, um, you know, it, it's all love. There's other podcasts down here. Uh, there's all types of local mo- uh, news covering it now. So, you know, we're all here just to help grow, grow one team. And, uh, you know, it's all love. Um, I'm happy we, we were able to connect because, you know, I honestly, I love interacting with as many people as I can uh, in the MLS or just in the football community in general. Uh, you know, so thank you so much again for, uh, for having us on. Yeah, no problem. I mean, it's a, it's a blast talking. I mean, I love talking to Philadelphia Union fans, but it's like I say it all the time. I'd much rather bring a supporter of whatever team the Union's playing than, oh, let me watch a couple highlight tapes or whatever. Let me go and mm-hmm. look at game notes and everything and BS my way through while I'll just find somebody that's a diehard fan of that team, knows what they're talking about and get their perspective of, you know, the team and everything like that. And yeah, like I said, just so happy to have you on. So I guess the first question I'll start with. So we saw Inter Miami suffer a 2-1 defeat to Orlando and their opening game in MLS is back. Uh, in your opinion, I mean, what went wrong for Miami in that game? Because they could have been up early in that game if it wasn't for a terrible miss from Juan Egadello, uh, which to his credit, he did get a goal in the second half, I think the 47th minute and everything. But I mean, you guys were up at first and then you guys in the second half near the 70th minute, you guys just blew that lead. Yeah, um, it's eerily similar to the lead we blew against DC United as well. Um, and we also lost to, to LAFC. So we're, we're sitting 0 and 3, uh, keep losing by, by only one goal, um, which, you know, I try and focus on the positives, right? So we're a brand new expansion team, all new players playing together, brand new coach who's never coached in the MLS. Um, so the biggest thing for Inner Miami is that we find our identity, we find our chemistry and whatever system is working for us. So we have had different formations and different, uh, starting 11s and substitutions for all three games. So it's always just kind of a, a, a learning curve. Um, there is serious potential there. I mean, anyone that's watched our games can see that there is potential. We just have to figure it out in regards specifically to the Orlando city game. Um, you know, my prediction for that game was a one Oh win for inner Miami. Um, I, I want to stay positive. And of course we want to beat our, you know, our, our, little brothers in the, in the state. Um, but unfortunately, you know, as I had seen Bundesliga, EPL, La Liga and Serie all restart almost every single team I can think of with maybe the exception of man city, um, had serious rust and everything was very slow. So I was expecting a very slow game. Um, now you kind of take that gap of a new team and, and then not, you know, having that identity 
but also having to take a three month break. I think we saw, you know, a lot of that. And one of the main pieces that we were missing was um, our, our designated player, Rodolfo Pizarro, uh, took a knock in training. So he didn't start. And he's really kind of our key guy right now. Right. Uh, great midfielder. Um, and a, a great attacking presence as well. He didn't come in until Andres Reyes ran out with an injury. I want to stay uh, like in the 50-something minute. Um, but it was, you know, we need him to be there immediately, you know, from the start of the whistle to the end of the whistle until we can get another DP spot in, or, or fill our other DP spot rather and then continue to grow as a team. Um, defensively, you know, I, I think we're fine. Uh, it's just, you know, making the final tweaks in midfield. And then we got to figure out our attack because we don't really have too many weapons. We got Robbie Robinson, you know, the first overall pick of the, uh, the MLS draft. And I mean, you know, stud, but he's coming right out of college. We got Juan Aguadelo who, you know, missed basically the identical uh, setup as the shot he made just from the other side. And then he tried to uh, catch the goalkeeper slipping and rip it from midfield, but he sliced it way right. So, um, you know, then like Julian Carranza has been injured the entire season, just made his first appearance for us. And he was one of our first two players signed. Um, and then all outside of that, we have Jerome Keys better, but we don't have like our true go-to, uh, guy. There's, you know, some serious, um, a source has told me that we're going to be getting a very, very big name here. We mentioned on our podcast, I don't, I don't want to put it out there until I get actual confirmation on it, but it looks like we finally will be able to fill that, that, that attacking, uh, threat, but really it's just trying to find yourself, you know? And trying to find, we played a very rigid football. It was very static. Uh, the first half was frustrating to watch. Whoever had the ball was looking to pass it, but no one was moving around them. There weren't supporting runs, overlapping runs, no trying to create space or anything like that. So we need that fluid playing style. We need it to be a the beautiful game. And we need to have confidence in our in ourselves and our passing abilities. And it just may take time to figure that out. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up uh you know, you guys might be getting a big name and everything because that's, as Philadelphia Union fans, we're not used to getting linked with big name players and everything. I mean, you, you hear Edison Cavani linked, David Silva's linked to you guys, uh, Ivan Rakitic, I know I heard, was linked to you guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, Luka Modric, <laughs> um, just plug Anton in. Griezmann, <laughs> I think he's already said Vidal, Cristiano's expressed interest in coming over to the MLS in a few years. It's like every big name Euro star has been linked to us. Um, and really, I mean, I've got to credit the man himself, David Beckham. You know, a lot of people want to be associated or, or, or play with him. Uh, we also have, you know, Paul McDonough um, as our sporting director who, uh, you know, built Atlanta United, built Orlando uh, as well. Um, but at the same, in the same breath, it's um, we get so many major players tied to us somehow. Uh, it, it does take um, a little bit of remaining realistic you know, because a lot of these players still have many years of their prime in, <laughs> in, in Europe. But all we need is one, and we'll be happy with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think definitely you guys do need a creative midfielder and everything because it has to be concerning from a Miami standpoint is you guys send the ball over quite often in that game. Now, granted, both teams, Orlando and you guys, both look pretty sloppy in that game. But you guys just, in my opinion, really lack creativity in that midfield, which caused a lot of turnovers. Yes, you have Will Trap in there, but he's more of a defensive midfielder mm-hmm. in my opinion yes you have uh lee Ginn, but he's again more of a defensive guy not really even creative types and you guys do have mls veterans in here which is great for a team and everything that knew the league inside and out and everything that's definitely a good thing to have but it's like you guys you guys got your star striker and everything that you wanted that's great too but it's like you, you guys really need a star player in that midfield and everything so i mean do, do you really think that's going to happen or 
Um, I mean, honestly, you know, the, the, the attack is, is, is what I think our number one concern is right now. Um, you know, like Lee Wynn came in in the 73rd minute and Pizarro came in in the second half as well. So they weren't starting. They, they typically play very well together, but then, you know, you got like your yo-yo or your will trap room more of that, you know, center defensive mid. Um, it's just tough because we got a lot of young kids. The, the other, you know, the other one of our first two signings was Mateus Pellegrini. He's our young designated player and he did not play well the first two games. He's, he's been struggling to making that adjustment. He did play much better this game, but still has a lot uh, of room to grow. Um, I'm going to be looking as far as creativity goes for him to continue stepping it up. And then the one I'm, I'm, I'm probably the most excited about outside of Pizarro is um, Lewis Morgan uh, came from, from, from Celtic. Um, he, Almost went over to Sunderland to play. We got him, uh, but he is—he's great with his his crosses, with his uh, mentality, and of course his service from free kicks. So, I, you know, I of course I would love a super creative, you know, midfielder. Uh, we were also looked very close to getting Augustin Amindra from Boca Juniors, who they've touted as the next Raquel May. Not a scorer; he's more of a creator, which would be great. That's what we need. I have confidence in the, uh, like Lewis Morgan and Pellegrini and Pizarro to be able to be creators. I'm just hoping it comes sooner than later. Cause I think everyone's still just trying to figure out, you know, what's the playing style of this team, you know, and, and, and when you have the ball, do you already have that, that sixth sense because you've been playing with guys for years that, you know, they're going to be making runs around you or you already know kind of where their positioning on the pitch will be. We're still figuring that out. That's why it's that first half was not attractive football. And it was, it was painful to watch, but you know we, we we flipped it on the second half, but then gave the lead up and lost it uh, at the very end to uh, to none other than Nani. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm definitely going to bring up that moment again. So uh, sorry to uh, all your Inter Miami fans listening to that to get them down and everything. But doesn't help that I, I'm a Chelsea fan as well. So, Ooh, anyway, so yeah, I've not, never not never good... really been a fan of Nani. <laughs> yeah, so I'm an Manchester United fan. So uh, lo- there you go, Nani. So, but I think the one thing we can both agree on is uh, Lewis Morgan definitely made the right decision coming to Miami as opposed to Sunderland because that's a whole mess over there in Sunderland and everything. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening have watched the Netflix uh, documentary Sunderland Till I Die. And man, I mean, I would not want to be playing for that it's team. Just sad. A, a fifty-six thousand plus stadium and everything to watch. Not even half of the stadium get filled and everything to play in this third league in England and everything. I mean, oof, scary time if you're a Sunderland fan. So I can see why Lewis Morgan's like, yeah, I don't even want to mess with that. I'll come over to Miami where it's warm throughout the whole year and everything. David Beckham's here. I'd love to just uh, pick David Beckham's brain and everything. But to get back on track, you know, the Union, uh, the game against New York City, the Union's attack came mostly down the right side of the field with uh, Ray Gaddis and Ali Bedoya. And between the two of them, they had 81 passes. And out of those 81 passes, uh, 54 of them were going forward, trying to build towards that attack. So I would expect a lot more of that from the Union against into Miami. But the thing I want to focus on with into Miami, we, we saw them against Orlando where they were pretty much even on the left side and the right side, just attacking through both sides pretty frequently and everything as opposed to where the union they're just stick to the right side so can we see that again from miami against the union where they're trying to attack through the left or the right or do you think they're trying to switch it up uh i think you're gonna see you know uh i'm hoping not more of the same i'm hoping we 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 made a big jump from lafc to dc united as far as chemistry goes i'm hoping to see something similar now that we're getting the rust off and making that but i think you're gonna see uh it coming from all over the place um diego alonso a uh, very well-respected coach. He's won the CONCACAF Champions League twice. Um, never count him out of a tournament. 
Um, but he is trying to create a, a system where um, it's going to be difficult because I, I can guarantee you they're already game planning on on you know that 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 left side of the defense to to you know counterbalance the attack. You guys are going to be dishing out on the right. Um, I think he wants to stay um, kind of as open to wherever we can get it, wherever it's flowing. Uh, is what we're looking for. Um, again, if Mateus Pellegrini keeps stepping it up and we have a solid uh, winger we can depend on and we got Lou Morgan on the other side, then it's going to come from wherever, however the game is flowing. I feel confident from either side. Um, but again, to get to that level of confidence, we need to be able to be able to play, um, you know, fluidly. I mean, I, I, I keep saying that word over and over, but it just seems so stop and go, like not confidence, you know, building of, of, of soccer. So it's, it's just tough. And again, I'm hoping it happens sooner than later, but you can expect it from wherever we can get it from, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever's working, you know, they're going to try to do it. And I guess, you know, the one thing that into Miami are going to be paying attention to is the union. They did struggle a little bit defensively on the right side of the field where uh, Ray Gattis, a right backs defending against Castellanos of New York city. I thought Ray gave him way too much space across the ball in at times. And I think the matchup between Ray and Pellegrini is going to be a good one to watch and everything. Ray, you know, for the most part, he holds his own defensively and everything. He doesn't really give you much going forward in the attack. And that this is, you know, Ray did enough, you know, to, you know, have a quiet Ray game and everything. But I think, you know, there was too many chances that he gave Cassianos to cross the ball in. Luckily for the Union, nothing came of those crosses and everything. But a young guy in Pellegrini who... Like you said, didn't have the best of games, but he had a better game than compared to his last two and everything. This is going to be a game for him where he has a lot to prove and everything. And I think this is really going to be a good matchup. Like I said, I think I wouldn't be surprised if Pellegrini, I know you said that, you know, last game wasn't great, but it was okay and everything. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the the best array a couple of times, which means El Brujo has to come over, a defensive midfielder. And we saw him come over and cover for Ray Gattis a couple of times, got a stupid yellow card of Morales where he, Morales couldn't go anywhere and Morales is just putting his arm out and everything. And then El Brujo just slaps his hand down. It's like, dude, we, we can't be getting that and everything. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to be part of Miami's game plan too, is just that, we all love El Brujo. He's a hothead and everything. And I think, you know, they're, they're going to be like, hey, let, let's get this guy upset and everything. Let's try to get him a yellow card early and everything. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys are attacking down that right side of the field a lot more than you are the left side of the field. But anyway, do you, do you think Pizarro gets to start this game? Uh, I, I do think Pizarro gets to start this game. Um, if it was truly serious, he would have sat out the the the, the previous match. Um, so I think he's going to get a start. I would like to see Lee Wynn come in because, again, I think that they complement each other well. So I'd like to maybe see Uyoya um, swapped out for for Lee Wynn or, you know, some variation of that. Um, what I'm also very interested to see is Julian Carranza. So uh, Julian and, and Mateus were both signed at the same time, basically. Um, Mateus being our young designated player, but we still paid a, a pretty large transfer fee for Julian Carranza. Now, he injured his um, his heel or uh, Achilles can't really remember exactly what it was. Um, he was out for 14 weeks and this happened like uh, maybe two or three weeks before the season kicked off. Um, so we weren't expecting him back until honestly like the 14th, 15th or 16th game of our season due to the Corona d- delay. He's back to being healthy, but he only played 17 minutes because um, he came in on the 73rd minute for this. So I would like to see him either start or at least get a bigger chunk, at least, you know, 45 minutes and make a halftime substitution or some, because those are the big questions. Like we paid money for, for you. You know, we want to see what your abilities are because you were highly touted. 
Um, that and then, you know, our back line, we were out Ramon Torres because he got a red card in the DC United game. Um, and then we actually went from four to three on the back line with Ben Sweat from NYCFC, uh, Andre Reyes, who's this Colombian player who I, I really think is going to be a stud. I agree. He's a great defender and he's super fast. And then, of course, Nico Fagal, uh, another stud. So our back line is, is, is really not a point of my concern, um, but it's it just seems to be like there's just these walls in between the thirds of the pitch, right? And it seems easier to go from, you know, the back third to midfield, but we just got to figure out how can we act cohesively to get it all the way down the field, right? All the way down the pitch and be able to create chances. Cause that's just the, the, the one thing we're struggling with. Um, I think, you know, we played Philadelphia union in the preseason game. I was there. Um, I forgot we, we lost Pizarro scored the first goal for us. He's our first official goal in uh, an MLS match against DC United, but he also has our first preseason goal against the Philadelphia Union. Um, but I, I think Blake's a, a great keeper. Um, this Brendan Harrison guy, he looks like the real deal up and comer. Um, and then I cannot remember what the dude's name was, but he banged one off a header volley. It was like somebody Russian or Eastern yeah, European. Uh, it, what what uh, He's from Slovakia. Yeah, dude. Like, what do you do, man? What do you do? Like, that's just. Even as an Inter Miami fan, I got up and was clapping for that. That that's that's a goal also right there. You know, like you, you can't even be mad at that. Um, but it'll be interesting to kind of see uh, a little bit of a rematch, right? Because we do have a minor amount of experience playing each other. So I think you can't get the full idea of what to expect, but you can kind of pick up you know bits and pieces, <laughs> bits and pieces here and there. Um, so you know, I'm looking forward to it. I honestly. I wasn't expecting to lose to Orlando City. I don't think they're a, a, a good team they're by not. any means. <laughs> but now, uh, I'm I'm predicting a one-one draw. I think if we if we lose, we're not going to advance. So we have to at least get a draw or win. Um, but it's going to be a good game. I'm going to stay up late, probably take PTO the next day, and uh, you know I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the funny thing you, you talked about, uh, Urvat scoring that uh, crazy goal against you guys in preseason, like, we all expected him to be the starter. He hasn't been on the starting lineup at all. He hasn't been on the 18 and everything. It's like uh, Ernst Tanner, our sporting director, he's like, yeah, El Brujo, he's more of a project. Urvat, uh, he has experience playing in Europe and everything. He was on the shortlist for the young boy uh, player of the year over in Europe and everything. So it's like yeah, this guy had a lot of expectation. And Jim Curtin, the head coach for the union, is not even giving him a sniff of first-team football. He's like, you know, he's progressing, but he's definitely not up there to MLS standard and everything, which has caught some of us by surprise. And we paid a big transfer fee for him. I think it was like $750,000 and uh, not DP. And he, he's not even seeing the field yet and everything. We still have high hopes for him. And the one thing I want to talk about is Miami. Just like you said, you're not concerned defensively, but I think you and I both can agree that the goals you guys conceded against Orlando could have been preventable. I mean, Dylan uh, Nealis didn't even put on a challenge for Nani from him sending a ball into Chris Mueller. Ben Sweat, uh, I'm sure you've seen this highlight so many times. He's backpedaling back while everybody's looking at Nani dribble the ball on the left side of the field. And by the time that uh, Sweat sees Mueller, he's already ahead of him and everything and it's too late, yeah. and he can just slide and hope that he gets a deflection and Robles did get a touch on it but the ball went in and everything and I just think even for the game winner I mean it was just a hot mess in your box and everything that ball's bouncing around and there's just nothing you guys could have done but I think both of those goals could have been prevented but the thing is it Philadelphia Union fans if you didn't watch this game Andre Reyes the Colombian you talked about 
he wasn't on the field because he got injured because of both of these goals. So how big of a loss is that going to be for you guys to not have Andreas out there? Oh, he's back. So, yeah, so uh, he's he's just in self-isolation because he left the, the MLS bubble, right? When yeah, he that's went to what the I hospital, heard. But they're expecting him to be back. Okay, because I, I thought that they said that he would have to miss uh, 14 days and everything. But if he can come back sooner than that, then that's... That's good yeah, for you guys. I, and I, I saw I saw that, but then the the most recent report from local news down here was that uh, they expect him to be back, and um, so we'll see. But it, it, worst case, if he's out, I mean, I, I still think I, I know a lot of people, you know, think Roman Torres is definitely out of his prime and slow, but he's still a, a statue of a man. Um, but like Nico Fagal is excellent. Um, we'll have LGP once all this is done. Uh, so, you know, I, I think as far as like if you were going to analyze our team, defense is by far the strongest. You know, it's the other two areas that, that we need to to worry about. But again, I mean, even though you have these leaders that have played, you know, like a Ben Sweat, like a Roman Torres, like an LGP. Um, and then, you know, you got Nico Fagal, who uh, has never played in the MLS, but he's got raw talent. And same thing with, with Andre Reyes, you know, kind of the same things happening there is they still have to get their communication together. They've got to have enough on field time to be able to become a, one cohesive unit. I think individually their talents are there, but, um, you know, it's, it's going to take time. You know, I, we all do want to see an expansion team just go zero to 100. We want to see another Atlanta United. We want to see another LAFC. Um, but you know, I think it's going to take a, a few more games. I think Diego Alonso, our coach even said he's going to need at least six games to see exactly where his adjustments need to be. Absolutely. And, uh, so if you guys do get raised, this is why we have, uh, the people that follow this team closely come on and everything. Cause it's like, you know, I'm not going to follow too closely and everything. Cause you know, that's just not my team and everything. So I'm glad that you clarified that. And that's going to be big for you guys. If Reyes is there and everything, but, uh, here, here's the fun part. What, what do you expect the lineup to look like for you guys going into this game? Um, so this is where it gets interesting, right? Because we played a four, two, three, um, one, I mean, we, we, we've mixed it up quite a bit. We've done three, five, two. So this, this past game, we went, uh, three, four, two, one. So it just depends. I, I think, I hope the lineup projection that I gave for the Orlando city game is the one that actually we're rolling with, but you're either going to see Juan Aguadello or Julian Caranza up top as our central forward. That midfield will be Pizarro in the middle flanked on his left by Pellegrini flanked on his right by, uh, Lewis Morgan. Uh, as far as the, 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 and I'm assuming that we kind of, now that we have everybody back, we go back to a four, uh, two, three, one. Um, but outside of that, in support in midfield and defense, I think Will Trapp will, will stay in there. They might switch up Victor Yoya for Lee Wynn. I really want to see more Lee Wynn, Lee Wynn or at least sub him in um, earlier. Then as far as the back line, this is the part I'm kind of I'm kind of not sure about because we've gone four at the back, we've gone three at the back. Um, we were three at the back when Reyes was there. Once Reyes got injured, they pulled Dylan Nealis and Mikey Ambrose back to support the back. And that's when the goals came. So my preference is four at the back. Um, but if three in the back works for us, we can hold it down and free up some more opportunity in the midfield. I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm, I'm almost hundred percent positive. Nico Fagal, Ben Sweat, uh, will be starting. I think Ramon Torres is going to be a starter when he comes back and then we'll see what happens with Reyes. If, um, you know, with the isolation protocol and whatnot. Um, but if he's out, I mean, we, we still have other players in there like a Grant Lillard or someone that we can just kind of, you know, plug and play with uh, in the meantime. And then we also have Breck Shea, right? We just got Breck Shea a couple weeks ago. He can play, um, you know, on the back line or in midfield or even in winger if he really, you know, has to. Um, so the most interesting thing is going to be what happens with that back line. I want to see, I believe Roman Torres will start, but if not, 
I want to see what it looks like. And then, of course, just we're going to be monitoring Andre Reyes basically daily to make sure that he's back. And if not, um, you know, but that that's kind of more or the less what we're expecting now. As far as gameplay goes, it depends because, you know, we were four, three, two, one. Um, and then in the second half of the Orlando game, uh, Pellegrini was pushing up more into the attack and Uyoya was really uh, pushing more into like a higher midfield position than, than a CDM would. Uh, and that opened up things. So they rotated more to like a three, five, um, two. So, you know, th- I, when we were in our first game against LAFC, a, a four, two, three, one, we rotated into a four, three, three. So it's just the mind of Alonzo. We're trying to figure him out still because he's new. Um, but yeah, as far as starting lineups, I, w- I would expect the the people I mentioned to, to be in there. Now, as far as formation, I'm expecting either a four, two, three, one or a, a three, four, two, one again. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so when you were talking and everything, I was checking my phone because right now Jim Christian's press conference is going on and everything. And uh, he said that Mishi Galina, who's one of our young strikers and everything, missed the game due to injury. Uh, Andrew Vutin, who also missed the game, and Sergio Santos. All three of these guys missed it due to injury. Uh, Sergio Santos has been participating and training fully the last two days, so I fully expect him to replace El Senior in the starting lineup on the left side of the field. Uh, Andrew Vutin, he said he's close to returning, but he's not returning to training yet. And uh, Mishi Galina just returned today to training and everything. So for formation, I think we'll see, obviously, Andre Blake as the goalkeeper. We'll see Ray Gaddis again on the right side. Uh, the center back partnership of Jack Elliott and Mark McKenzie worked well again. And I think uh, the reason we didn't see Glessness start in that game was for fitness reasons and everything. Uh, Jim Curtin was hinting at and everything because when quarantine was going down, he went to Norway and came back and wasn't up to fitness compared to the rest of the team and everything. So he's still trying to work his way back. And then on the left, uh, Kai Wagner, our German left back, had a great game against New York City. Uh, the four in the midfield, we run a diamond. So you see Brendan Aronson, of course, up top. You see Ali Bedoya to the right of the diamond. I fully expect El Brujo to start again over Udvats and Juan Crivall. And then on the left, our designated player, Jamiro Montero, who had a good game against New York City. And then, like I said, Sergio Santos has been... Uh, training the last two days fully and everything. I fully expect Sergio to be back in the uh, lineup. And then Casper Shabelko up top, who had a couple chances against New York City, couldn't capitalize, but it's only a matter of time uh, for him to capitalize on one of these chances. And it could come against uh, into Miami. We'll, we'll see. And the partnership of him and Sergio Santos against LAFC, you, you could see something was clicking between those two. And maybe... This is the game that Casper finally gets on the goal sheet for the Union to open his goal scoring account, but we'll see and everything. But no, the one thing that I'm interesting to, interested to see is Jameer Montero just had a really, really good game against New York City. He Yes, he turned the ball away way too many times and everything, but that's what we come to expect from him. He's our creative player and everything, along with Brendan Aronson. Jameer is primarily on the left side of the diamond and everything, like I told you earlier. Our attack was going down the right side, but if we're attacking through the left, it's going to be primarily through Jamiro. And he'll float in the middle as a number 10 at times and everything. So I think if we want to see success, Jamiro's got to have a big game this game. I think for the most part, Brendan Aronson had a good game. Yeah, he turned the ball over. How old is he? Uh, Aronson is 19 years old. So he he's... Uh, and the crazy thing about Brendan Aronson is when we saw him last year, when he made his debut, he was a skinny beanpole. And yes, he is still skinny and everything, but he did put a good amount of weight on and everything. He looks a lot more physical than he did last year. And we as Philadelphia Union fans, we know it's only a matter of time before he's off to Europe and everything. He has the skill set to go, and Jim Curtin sent in a press conference, I believe, a couple of weeks ago. He's like, you know, if I'm doing my job, if he's doing his job, he won't be here much longer. So it's only a matter of time before 
he, he sold off, which, you know, I said it last episode, we hate losing our young players. I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but we know it's going to happen with Mark McKenzie, who's linked with uh, Celtic, and we know it's going to happen with Brendan Aronson as long as both of those players keep progressing, which I fully believe that it will progress. And, and we'll, I agree. We'll have uh, to, he's got uh, talent. Did he come from the academy? He did, yeah. Yeah, Mark McKenzie nice. and Brendan Aronson both came to the academy, and the Philadelphia Union, you know, they don't spend big, we know, as fans on DP signings and everything, but they do invest a lot of money in the academy and hope that, you know, we can develop a couple of players here and there and everything, sell them off to Europe and invest that money back into the academy or buy younger European players who aren't really kicking in in Europe and everything, let them kickstart their career here in MLS and everything. And in a couple of years, if they do well in MLS and we're sell them back over to Europe and everything, but that's kind of the lineup I expect to see and everything. I think we'll probably see a lot of long balls again from the union, Jack Elliott, played, I think, five successful long balls against New York City, and I think this is going to be a good game, and I'll, I won't say what player it is, because they went off record and said this about into Miami, but they said that they're not a good team at all. They they fully expect to have new problems against them, but Jim Curtin and his press conference kind of downplayed that and said yeah they're they're a good team and everything we respect them they they've been unlucky this season for an expansion side they they have the talent so it'll be interesting to see i i did have the union winning this game i think it's going to be 2-1 i think you guys are still going to find the back of the net because i believe against dc and then against orlando you guys scored so i think you guys will put it together but i do ultimately think this is going to be a union victory well, I mean, I I gotta respect your you know your positivity. Uh, I, I'm hoping we can get a win, but I think realistically, uh, I'm I'm looking at a draw. Um, I I I think it's to our advantage if maybe some of the union players kind of ride us off already. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, don't forget, you know, we had a, a close one with LAFC in our first ever game. You know, in in one off of or Carlos Vela won off a ridiculous uh, chip shot, um, but. You know, I think it's going to be um, it'll be a good game to watch for sure. I don't know if it's going to be this game or 10 games down the road, but I fully expect one of these games. We're just going to see everything click and we're going to see the the true potential of this team. So, you know, it's, it's definitely um, these matchups aren't easy. You know, we were looking at this in Orlando City. We you know, we kind of wrote them off and obviously it's a rivalry. So you're kind of, you know, making fun of them as much as you can and having fun. But um you know, our expectations were we're going to have to play at the time Chicago, then Philly and Philly we viewed as, as the most difficult game we were going to play in the group stages. Now with, you know, Nashville uh, removing themselves as well as FC Dallas and Chicago being relocated over to group B. Um, well, now we're going to play, you know, NYCFC. So now it's like, crap, we've got two of the best teams in the East that we've got to go through. So, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stay humble and uh, hope, hope we can, uh, we can get a draw, but you want to surprise me. If it's another loss, and it would make my week if we could sneak out a win. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure we would. And I, I think you guys, earlier I gave my predictions, probably back in March, and I had you guys finishing 6th or 7th going to the playoffs because, like I said earlier, you guys do have a lot of veterans and everything. That's great. You guys, Pellegrini, he was hyped up to be a really good prospect, which I think he still will and everything. He's just getting adjusted to the league. Uh, Pizarro was the real deal out in Mexico and everything, and we, we saw him score against DC United, and that goal he scored against the Union in preseason was a good goal and everything. I think once he gets fully fit, I think he'll be a fine piece for you guys and everything. But if you guys do lose, it's more than likely you guys aren't getting out of this group and everything, which leads me, do you think you could get a point out of New York City? Or it, that's too far down the road for you guys to even think about? <laughs> so who knows? Because they're 0-3. I mean, if you would have told me that you know NYCFC was going to be 0-3 to start the season, I would have laughed in your face. 
Um, I don't know where their struggles are. I don't follow them, you know, closely enough. Um, I don't know what's going on with them. Um, they seem to be kind of similar to us. Uh, they're definitely a proven talent. Um, and we have talent that we believe in, but they haven't been able to prove themselves yet. So um, we're, we're, we're going to have to get a win. It's either going to have to be Philadelphia or a win against New York City uh, to advance. That's that's how it has to be. If we win, if we beat you guys, we at least need a draw to get out against NYCFC. Um, I, I want to stay as, as positive as I can. Um, we also need to get points for our, our regular season Um you know, as well. So they're both going to be tough games. It, it just depends. You know, everyone says don't write Diego Alonso out of a tournament. I think he's got a, a, a lot of potential in this league. Again, won the CONCACAF Champions League twice. How quick can you make these adjustments? Because we need them yesterday. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I would like to, to at least get a draw against Philly. And then I think if NYCFC continues to struggle, then we can potentially sneak out a win against them. Well, I do think New York City is going to struggle too because I saw before we got on here the uh, head coach for New York City, uh, Ronnie Dilla, said that Maxi Morales, the number ten, is going to miss the rest of the tournament in multiple weeks and everything due to injuries, an injury I think to his leg or something. So that's going to be huge for you guys and everything. And a lot of their attackers through Maxi Morales, which the Union did a good job shutting him out in that game, and now they're not going to really have that creator spark in the middle of the field. But, you know, first got to f- focus on this Inter-Miami versus Philadelphia Union game. Yeah, we, we got to get through you guys first before I can <laughs> even <laughs> think weigh about heavily that. on that. <laughs> Absolutely. But, it might uh, be over come Tuesday. We don't even know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Jay, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to bring up real quick? Uh, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how you, you know, got into uh, the Free Kick podcast and kind of how that story goes. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, same thing kind of with you. Uh, I started getting into soccer in 2006, and I watched the, in the back, you can see the England flag, I'm sure, watched the England versus Portugal game. Didn't know any of the players. The commentator said Manchester United, and they kept talking about England. I was like, great, this is my team then. And so uh, Manchester United, England, I was a fan of them. And then the rumors started that David Beckham was coming over to America. So in 2007, we all know he did. So I went out, got a Beckham LA Galaxy jersey. After a couple <laughs> games, I was like, yep, nope, this, is, uh, this isn't for me. I was like, I'm used to watching European soccer. This is not good quality. So for 10 years, I stopped watching MLS. And in 2017, I decided, yep, I'm going to watch uh, MLS again. And surprisingly, it got a lot better. I do not live in Philadelphia. I live in Maryland. So a lot of people are like, oh, how can you not be a DC United fan? And I say it all the time, going up to Chester, where the Union plays a lot closer, a lot easier of a drive than going down to Washington, DC. So yes, technically, I live closer to DC, but I'd much rather take that easy ride up 95 to go see Philadelphia Union. And so that's how I became a fan of the Union. And I've been doing the podcast for about two and a half years now. So before I switched it over to what it is now covering the Union, I was interviewing smaller teams in England and everything. I was talking Premier League. And right after the show, actually, I'm having a guy come over from England, talk about his book and everything. So I'm looking forward to that episode, which I told you guys last episode, that is with Jordan Florett, the author of Red Wine and Our Ripers, how Venezuelan soccer is becoming its religion. So interesting to have Jordan back on the show and everything. But I was doing that for about a year, year and a half. And I was like, yeah, this, this isn't for me anymore. It's like, there's so many Premier League podcasts and everything. It's like, how much more can I add in everything? I was like, it, it kind of feels like a job more than a hobby mm-hmm. doing Premier League soccer. So I was like, I got to find something else to do. And I was going up to games all last season for the union. I'm like, you know, I still want a podcast. And I know there's a couple of Philadelphia union podcasts, but why not get in the mix of things and everything? And in November, I started the Philadelphia union, the free kick podcast. And 
I've been doing it ever since. So that's kind of how the story, how I started the podcast and um, just sitting the ground running. Awesome. No, that's uh, congrats to you, man. I mean, uh, it's dedication, right? And sometimes it can be viewed as a job. You know, there's a lot of uh, preparation, a lot of post-production work that goes into it. Uh, you know, you want to connect and with as many groups as you can, as many like-minded individuals, um, you know, then of course trying to have people on for interviews. So, you know, I'm props to you for, for going two and a half years strong. Um, just out of, you know, I'm a little curious who, who, who are you scared of the most on inner Miami? If you are scared and I understand if you say your own three, we're not scared, but who you think poses the biggest threat? Yeah, I think that's definitely bizarre. I think Reyes, I mean, he looked great and everything. And if Reyes, if he does get the start again, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes life difficult for Casper Shabelko and everything. He is a physical striker, but nothing like Dom Dwyer where he's going to hit you in the throat or just try to injure you. I know I said on the podcast, I don't think Dom Dwyer try to hurt Reyes on purpose and everything, but I think we can all agree that he absolutely deserved to see a red, uh, yellow card at least uh, for the challenges he was making in Reyes. And uh, don't even get me started on the refs and MLS. Yeah, so. no, 100%. And I mean, Dom Dwyer's a, a bull in a china shop. And and I, I actually, I respect Dom Dwyer. I do. I mean, I, I remember I, about four or five years ago, I, I remember you know watching him in the MLS uh, when he was with the uh, Kansas City. Um, I mean, he, he's he's got talent. I, I think, yeah, and Luis Robles was was pretty upset that there was there was no card in that situation because that ref wasn't calling anything really at first. And then he started to more in the second half, but that he's from Hialeah, which is right by Miami. You would think he would like it in Miami, but it feels like he hates him because he's also the ref in the DC United game where we were at one point up two zero. And then within 10 minutes, it was one, two and, and we're losing. So, um, it was tough. I don't think Dom Dwyer intentionally tried to, to hurt Andres Reyes, but he is just a very physical player. And if the ref can't put the game in check early on, then he allows for that kind of style to continue to, 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 to occur. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think, think those two players, I, like I said earlier, I think Pellegrini could be, in, be an interesting matchup for Ray Gattis. I am definitely going to be watching that closely. I think Pizarro is going to start, like you said, as well. And um, yeah, those three players, I'd say Pizarro, Reyes and Pellegrini and Robles. I mean, we've seen a lot of him over the years. New York's uh, New York Red Bulls, Pink Cows, as we call them, Philadelphia Union fans. So, uh, he, we've had him on the podcast a, a couple times. He's a he's a, an amazing person. He really is. I mean, I think he's a great keeper, but he's he's more amazing of a person and just super down to earth, super nice guy. Yeah, and that's that's what you love, you know. Deep. I mean, yeah, they might play for a heated rival and everything that you don't respect, you don't like, and everything. But you know, you got to look at the player too. And I know. Philadelphia Union fans are probably, how can you be saying this about a pink cow player and everything? But he seems like a nice guy and everything. And uh, it's glad to hear you back up these words and say, yeah, he's a good player, but an even better person. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it is. He's an awesome guy. Um, you know, I, I don't, he's a bit older. So, you know, I hope this is, uh, you know, this is his final home. I hope we don't lose him in a year. I would like to get, you know, three, maybe four, four years. And uh, he's a great mentor as well. So we've got a lot of younger uh, individuals like Drake Callender, uh, who's, you know, fresh out of college. Um, you know, he'll be looking to, to learn a lot from it as we continue to grow, but it's just, yeah, it's tough, man. Cause you want to be happy. You want to be positive. And I'll tell you what, man, our, our fan base was hurt after that Orlando city game. Um, it's hard to be patient and let everything come together. Everyone wants wins. Now you got a name like David Beckham. You got Paul McDonough. You expect greatness. Now everyone wants the Atlantas, uh, or the LAFCs. They don't want the, you know, NYCFC or, you know, even worse, Orlando that's taken, you know, 
not been a great expansion or your FC Cincinnati, but I just, we try and tell people stay humble, support the team. First year is expected to, to be a little rough and hopefully, you know, the second year is where we really start to blossom, but we'll see. And looking forward to the game, you know, and, and uh, it'll be a fun one for sure. Absolutely. And I don't, I don't know how people could like it down like that. Like you guys are based in Miami. You guys, like we said earlier, you guys are always going to be linked with big name players, which some of them will come over because it's David Beckham. It's Miami. Everybody loves to go to Miami to party. Stays warm year round. Maybe Gareth Bale comes over. So and then Gareth Bale is one we've been trying to Paul Pogba because he has a place on here. Alexi Sanchez. Wow. It's, it's William from Chelsea, who I would love. Giroud. I mean, it's like anyone you can think of has been tied to it uh, again. Uh, a source of ours have confirmed a, a big name. I'm hoping I'm just waiting for confirmation on that source, but that would definitely resolve a lot of the, uh, the fans pain, but you got to understand, man. I mean, it's Miami. So they got the dolphins, the heat have been struggling for the past couple of years. They're finally back on the upswing. They just want, they got the Marlins. They just want a winning team. Yeah, it would not true. be hard for inner Miami to be the most important team in South Florida. If they're, if they start winning. Because the fans just want a winning team. They, they, they've been through a lot down here, you know? Yeah, and that's true. And now that you're mentioning all those teams, I guess the Hurricanes, Miami Hurricanes haven't been what they've been, you know, in years past and everything. And I, I guess, you know, we'll see if Tate Mattel can uh, pull that around if he gets a starting spot for the Miami Hurricanes. But I'm sure your listeners probably don't want to talk uh, actual American football uh, and everything. It doesn't. So my, my co-host, Alex, he went to uh, University of Miami. I went to Florida State, so I, I don't really care too much for Miami. But, uh, you know, we, we have fun. Uh, gosh, every year, cross football, basketball, uh, we're always going to games and, and having fun. So, um, you know, it's, just, it's a fun time down here, but it, they, they do need to, to have a winning, a winning team in some sport just for the, uh, for the community, you know, for everyone to have something to, to grab onto. So hopefully we can be that, um, again, might take a while, but we'll see. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. But, uh, why don't you go ahead and plug the podcast, let everybody know where they can find you guys and everything, how to get in contact and all that jazz. Definitely. So you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Inner Miami Podcast. Uh, you can check out our website, intermiamipodcast.com. You can shoot us an email um, at jnalex at intermiamipodcast.com. Uh, we interact with tons of fans on Facebook, um, on Instagram as well, uh, and email. So uh, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you know, I hope I'm not getting a bunch of uh, messages from your fans if you guys beat us, rubbing it in. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll see, uh, or, or if, you know, on the other side, I want to get hate mail if we somehow win, but, uh, it's been great. Thanks so much for having, uh, having us on and pleasure to come and join the free kick. Yeah, no problem. Uh, had a blast talking to you and definitely, you know, when we meet again and everything, I'll definitely be reaching out, having you on and everything. But, uh, for all you guys listening, if you guys still aren't following the podcast page on Facebook, Twitter, or on Instagram, just follow at free kick pod, check out the website, the free kick podcast.com, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, search the, uh, free kick. And if that doesn't work, then search the free kick Todd Lewis. And don't forget, you know, a lot of you guys are taking advantage of this right now, but we're doing a, uh, 2020 Philadelphia Union jersey giveaway. Like I've been saying and everything, the ways to enter are leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, search The Free Kick, Todd Lewis, uh, show a screenshot of that review that gives you two entries, tag a friend on the post, that's one entry, and then retweet the post, that's another entry. All the rules, only a max of four entries per person. 
The winner has 24 hours to claim his or hers prize after the drawing. If the 24 hours pass without the winner claiming the prize, then will we draw a new winner? And to be eligible for the jersey, you have to be following the Twitter account at FreeKickPod. And the giveaway runs from July 9th through August 9th and everything. So you guys take advantage of that. You know, a lot of you guys are right now and everything, but it's not too late. You guys have until August 9th. So take advantage of that. And, um... That's pretty much it. That's everything I have. And like I said, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, Jay, to come on to the podcast. I really enjoy the uh, insight that you gave us and everything. And uh, I guess to the best team to win. (laughs) To the best team. Best of luck, Philly fans. I'm hoping we win, but uh, good luck to you guys as well. Thank you. Have a great day. Excellent week. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. And with that said, my name is Todd, and this is the Free Kick Podcast. All right, folks, there it was. Folks. There it is. You want to give a shout out to Todd Lewis, the host of the Free Kick. Uh, Always a pleasure teaming up with other teams' podcasts to do some previews, what our expectations are, give a little bit of honesty of, you know, where teams are struggling and and where we can make improvements upon. Uh, But hope everyone enjoyed that. And uh, don't forget to take PTO or just stay up late and wake up early if you're a savage. Because our game against Philadelphia Union is Tuesday at 10.30 p.m. Yes, Jay, you're right, man. You're right, man. And I don't know if I'll be over here for that game. Might have to watch that at my place. Uh, <laughs> but like, Bring your sleeping bag, bud. Yeah, right. Like I might Mom, have Mom's left there. $20 for some pizza. <laughs> Oh, shoot. That's more than mom ever left for me. But thank you, everybody, for joining the Inner Miami podcast. This is Alex Papa George, joined by Jay Kington. We are thrilled to be back with you guys for another week. Let's go get a dub, Jay, against the Philadelphia Union, and we'll be back with you soon. We will. Without further ado, vamos, Edison. Vamos. Come to Miami. And vamos, Miami. Vamos, Miami. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs>